0: Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meath. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted To the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. The best part of spring cleaning is the post clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless, and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number. Along with your existing contacts, ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash literally literally. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Valerie!
1: Long time no see.
0: Let me see that. Is that a dog you have next to you? Let He's me as, see as big dog. as
1: a dog. Now, this is, this is Tigger. Oh
0: my, wait, you have to be kidding me with that cat. Welcome to literally, um, I mean, come at me if you think that there's anybody other than Valerie Bertinelli, than America's sweetheart. I, I, I think it's her. Uh, I, I I really do. Um, we're going to get into some good stuff. I'm going to get some Van Halen. We're going to crack the door open on Van Halen. We're going to crack the door open on, um, her participation in battle of the network stars, which to me is like winning an Oscar. And, uh, of course, talk about addiction and recovery, which, you know, I love talking about. So um, let's get to it with Valerie Bertinelli. When do you think the first time we met was? Um,
1: I think it was in the, I want to say the mid 80s in Malibu. I was hanging out with Allie Sheedy a lot before she moved to New York. And, you know, you knew Allie. Yeah, of course. And somehow, I don't know what happened. We all we all met up at, at Zuma.
0: Because didn't didn't you and, and Ed live like a, like above like a Malibu Park area like uh, above? Yes,
1: me? up um, uh, trancus
0: Trancas. I still
1: have that home. Really? Yeah, I, that, that's that's going to Wolfie when I die. It's one of those houses it, that needs to just keep going through the family.
0: In the family, yeah. Is it is it literally up in the um, like? Is it? Like it's it's up above the the market, right up in that area.
1: It's on a cliff. It's 104 steps down to the beach. So do you remember when Tranquillis Market had like that little stage and, and bands would play? Of before course, yeah. That it was great then. Was that hard. was
0: I saw. I mean, I saw Mick Fleetwood oh. sitting in. I saw. I mean, it was always. It feels like what's his name? Oh, hang on. That song, it's you and me, and we just Dave Mason. I feel like it was always Dave Mason.
1: It was a cool little hang.
0: It was good. Yeah, Ed Ed never played there though, that I know of.
1: I don't. I think he might have gotten up with some friends that were that booked a gig there. Um, I feel like maybe he did. I mean, we used to go watch football over there on all the TV. Yeah, it was it was fun. It's very different now.
0: You know, I mean, Malibu now is like. I mean, it's when I moved there in
1: now, it didn't used to be hoity toity.
0: Um, now, I, when I moved to Malibu in 1976, people rode their horses to the market. There was a hitching post.
1: Wow! So you were before me because I didn't move there till 84.
0: Did you ever participate in Battle of the Network Stars? I feel like you did
1: <sighs> a couple times. <laughs> yes, excellent.
0: <laughs> do you know I am obsessed with Battle of the Network Stars? Stop it! No, Where I am. Where do you am? see
1: it? Where do you see it?
0: See it. I used to go to Pepperdine and watch them film it, and oh I God. loved it because what people don't. Because listen, in those days there were three networks, three. That was it. It was the only thing on TV. You had three networks. Fox didn't even exist. That's tr-
1: that's true. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it was Battle than the Network Stars where I met Melissa. Is that why you were there?
0: That yes, that must have been it. It was wow. the year that must have been. It. I was there with Melissa Gilbert, my girlfriend at the time, and that's where I would have met you for the first time. And. In those days, okay, here, if they were to redo Battle of the Network Stars today, it would literally be, can you imagine the HBO team versus the Netflix team versus the NBCs, which means like the Game of Thrones guys would be in a (laughs) canoe and, and like the Sopranos would be in the the fucking, you know.
1: (laughs) But there would be like, you'd have to do like a, you know, the, the. Like the final 16, the NCAA, you'd have to do it like that the suite, and have to like to work it down because there'd be too many teams. There's so many channels on television now or television. You even call it television streaming.
0: Wouldn't you want to see like Ted Lasso in the dunk tank?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Against the squid game people.
1: <gasps> I don't know if, if I would have the heart to put the squid game people in i mean you don't die but i mean still don't they play enough games already i was good
0: don't you think they've been through enough
1: (laughs) i think they've been through enough
0: oh god i love that show
1: though do you love didn't you love that show
0: yeah it's great it was phenomenal
1: i had to get up and pace wolfie was like mom sit down watch it i was like i can't i can't i can't watch this happen it's killing me
0: but that was i mean those you guys were the biggest television stars in the in the planet now now the best was
1: there weren't um, that many then that's why <laughs>
0: sure. so they redid it a couple years ago i don't know if you saw this no god god bless their hearts and um so my brother chad Lowe is an actor and a tv director and they called him to be and he was like they asked me to do battle of the network stars i don't know if i should do it i'm like it's battle of the network stars dude and he said i knew it was going to be bad when i went into the trailer and they didn't have remember how great the sweatsuits were
1: i still have them the, with your name no you do not yes i do I have the green CBS one because I was on the CBS team because one day at a time was on CBS. I had—I st- I mean, it's its this big. I don't know. I mean, I was <laughs> tiny back then. I was like, like 105 pounds. I was and oh I, I thought I was fat. It's so stupid. But yeah, tiny.
0: Oh, my God. They, why do you you should have that f- like in a framed thing in the living room, like an Oscar. That's to me. Is as I'm I'm more interested in talking about that than if you had an Oscar.
1: I should box it like a like a jersey.
0: You should <laughs> like a
1: sports jersey. Yes. No.
0: <laughs> um, and how did you end up on One Day at a Time? What was the audition process? Because I was like to talk to young actors about what what auditioning was like in the day.
2: Oh,
1: I don't know what it would be like today, and I don't know that I would have. Uh, be able to get through it i know you have to do a lot of it on tape and send the tapes in which doesn't seem quite fair it's like are you yeah. sure they're watching it um when you're in there in front of them you, you that casting director is that all eyes on you mm-hmm. um so i yeah i went to, i think it was by the fourth or fifth callback that i was told i had the part um but it was like any other mo- uh, commercial that i would go up for any other thing that i would go up for um, I, I was busy doing commercials at the time. I think it was on sixth or seventh. I didn't, I, I went through at least 99, hundred, uh, interviews before I ever got one job. I, I got a lot of rejection and I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. This is like not fun for me. And my mom's like, fine, you don't want to do it. I don't want to drive you. So, you know, she was never one of those stage mothers. Um, but I went in, they seemed to like me. Um, I came back, I think Jan Murray was the casting director. I want to oh say, I'm God. not sure. Have you ever read for Jane, Jan?
0: Y- yeah. Oh, oh, that was my era. Are you kidding me?
1: Okay. Okay. Well, I'm before you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit before you, you are look younger than me. <laughs> um, so I read for her, got the call back, I saw a bunch of these beautiful blonde, read all these gorgeous, tall, skinny women. We were all 15, 16, 17. Maybe there were some 14-year-olds, but um, then I got the third callback, and then by the fourth callback, we go to CBS Television City down on Fairfax and Beverly, and um, Norman Lear is in the room when you walk in. Like More of the big people were in there. Sat right next to Norman at a big round table, opened the script. I'm like... Shaking because even me, I knew who Norman Lear was. I mean, he was and still is the king of television. I mean, he did king. everything. Yeah, he's amazing. By the
0: way, for those of you who may not know Norman Lear, all in the family, the Jeffersons. I mean, every every great seventies into the eighties and and beyond. A, mm-hmm. geni- a genius,
1: genius, total genius. And um, he liked what I he had me do it again. I believe we're um, talking this is a long time ago. Um, but it, it kind of sticks in your brain. And um, yeah. then I, I left the room and um, Jan, the casting, casting director, if that is her, please. I hope I'm not wrong. Um, she said, okay, everybody can go. And then she turned around to me and said, you stay. Oof. And I went, oh, oh, I think I got it. I think I got it. And that feeling, that feeling is such an amazing feeling. I don't feel that feeling very often in my life. But that's that was the feeling, and then it started to like roll, and we were there. We were, and I was um, when I the first day um, for the read through. Um, I'm going to CBS Television City. I get in the elevator, and then Mac walks in, mm. and I knew who she was because at the at this point, just driving down Ventura Boulevard, you see all the posters for Rafferty and the Gold Dust Winds. And Rafferty
0: and the the Gold Dust dust Twins. Twins.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh, my God, this is Mackenzie Felix. This is so amazing. And she looked me up and down. And I'm like, oh, you're my little sister, huh? Because this was the second pilot. They had done the first pilot and Mac was the only daughter. And then they reconfigured the pilot um, with all the notes that the network gave them and um, Richard Master, who played David, and uh, me, Barbara, my character, Barbara Cooper, were added. And um, that's where I met everybody. And it was nine years later when we finished.
0: I, it's funny, Mackenzie Phillips, I just somehow came across, literally last night, um, uh, a speech she was giving on recovery. And it was so good.
1: So powerful. She's, so she's amazing. powerful. She has turned her life into a life of service, where she really does help people, and she's still a brilliant actress. She was on um, what is that? Orange is the New Black for mm-hmm. a while. A, a, an amazing character on that show. So she's she's. Oh, I just adore. Her. I was just texting with her the other day. I, she's she is truly my sister. I, mean, I never had a sister. I grew up with three brothers. So when I met her, we would go to sleepovers together. We would really hang out and we would fight like sisters and we would make up like sisters. I adore her.
0: Oh, it's so great because it's not, as you know, it's not not always the case. Right. I mean, you, you just never know how that's, how that's going to go. Um, you know,
1: of all the things that you've done, and God bless you, you have, Jesus Christ, you just never stop working, dude. <laughs> Can you think, and I'll even categorize it for you. Okay. Like uh, the dramas. Yeah. Uh, even categorize it even even closer. Um. Well, let's not talk about movies right now. Let's just about talk about television. Drama, comedy. Which were your favorites that you were in?
0: Oh, um, you can't argue with success. So Parks and Recreation. I
1: was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> which, which you, so I, you know, I have
0: another, I have a po- another podcast uh, called Parks and Recollection. So if you guys haven't checked it out, check it out. It is all about that. Um, But I also did a show called The Grinder. It only lasted one year. Oh. And on Fox, I did it after Parks and Rec, and I think it's the best comedy I've ever been in. It got great reviews, and everybody loved it. I I play a demented actor who's been (laughs) on a lawyer procedural for 20 years. It gets canceled, and he decides he's actually going to simplify his life and practice law on his own. But all he knows is what he learned <laughs> being a star. It's insane. And it's so nuts that I'm surprised it ever got on TV. The fact that we did 22 of them is a miracle. But if if you guys haven't ever seen the grinder, it's my favorite comedy I've been in, but
1: I will look for it. I will look for it. Who wrote it? Who wrote it? Who was the showrunner?
0: Um, they were uh, uh, Andy Mogul and uh, uh, Jared Paul, two really, really hilarious young young guys and um it's i'll look for it i feel i feel like we hijacked the network (laughs) um but parks and rec i would say and that people still like it is is Mm -hmm. cool Mm -hmm. and drama you know um i I, look i think
1: i know what you're gonna say you have to say say
0: the west way i mean you gotta say it right you
1: gotta say it
0: by the way how cool but right before i got on with you to to talk i was um Talking to the White House. I had Jen Psaki, White House press secretary. Stop it. And it was like she's in the White House and we're talking and I'm like and we're nerding out about, you know, it was it was super it was super, super fun.
1: Oh, my God. I love her. I love her. She's so ridiculously smart. Oh, my God. That's exciting.
0: She was unreal. It was super fun to have her on.
1: Oh, that's exciting.
0: It's fun. It's fun stuff. But like, you know, look, we've been. We've been around this business forever, you and I, mm-hmm. you know, we know, we know who, what's what. I, I mean, I loved you in, in hot in Cleveland and old Betty, God bless oh, her heart.
1: My sweet Betty. Wasn't
0: she the best?
1: She really was. She really, I mean, there was n- no one like her and I don't believe there ever will be anyone like her. I tell people this all the time in the well, What was Betty like? She literally, literally glowed. Mm-hmm. She walked in a room, never made an entrance, but you couldn't help see that Betty was there because there was something, there was just this light around her when it was even dark out. She just oozed goodness and kindness and gratitude. She's just, she was just, oh, I miss her. What a life. I loved her so much. Yeah, what a life.
0: What a life. I used to watch her and her beloved Alan Ludden when they were together on, I want to say Password mm-hmm. a lot.
1: Yep, that's where they met.
0: Is that where they met? I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah. he asked her to marry him for over a year. And she said, one of my biggest regrets in life is that I didn't say yes sooner. Because she said the years with him were just so wonderful. They had a little place up in Carmel. Um, She would go up and do her needlepoint. He would make Bloody Marys on the weekends for them. They had the most... It just sounded so wonderful and so calm and so loving and that so that's the part. Even though we have to miss her because she's gone, I'm so happy for her because I truly believe that she is with Alan now. And every pet that that has you know passed before her, she is hanging out with all of them and having the most amazing time.
0: She was an, an animal um, activist way before it was fashionable.
1: Yes, yes, and a lot of people. Thank, thank God, um, on her birthday, which was a few weeks back, um, they just. Gave to animal rescues. I, w- I gave to a couple local rescues here, and I think that's a really great idea. I- always do it in Betty's name. Do it yearly and just give to a local animal rescue. There's so many across the country, so many that de- deserve the help. They they do it on such a small budget, and they spend their the life that they spend taking care of animals and oh. dogs and-, and pets and cats. And I, I mean, God bless them. They're they're another people that are of service to animals that we um, forget that um, they they have feelings and lives no. and you know we need to be kind to animals as well. I always know if someone's not kind to an animal, well, I won't be around them.
0: Oh, for sure. M- my wife and I do a a, f- a really fun thing. We we, we probably do it about every three or four years because it's a lot, but it's so great. We will. Um, go to the various shelters in our in our area and identify you know 20 30 40 dogs and then pre home them with people oh. and then we and then we take them all out at once in vans to our house where we have mobile groomers mobile vets and this all happens like out on our driveway that's life. a
1: lot of work
0: and it's a full weekend's mm-hmm. worth of work and it's an assembly line of like animals getting groomed and <laughs> set up and then there are new families mm. there. And then inevitably, of course, it's just an excuse for us to get more dogs because there's always somebody that like the person thinks they want them and they don't want them. Or they don't yeah. want them and, then, and then you're like, what are we going to do with this dog? And so we end up being these foster t- homes to these, to these animals. It's A lot, so-
1: a lot of foster. I, I fostered kittens for a few years there when my, love of my life cat died in 2013 and I fostered kittens and somehow I now have six cats. I don't know how that happened really.
0: And your cat that you had, um, see, I'm watching you on, on zoom.
1: Oh yeah. Well, it he's over is, here now. Take care. He's
0: the big, he might be the biggest cat I've ever seen. Yeah. He's a big boy.
1: <laughs> he was my last foster failure. He is about seven years old.
0: Does he eat other cats for a living? Cause he's <laughs> massive.
1: He tries to eat my parents' (laughs) cat.
0: Well, you know, no two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas, vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activity allow for such an infinite number of different travel experiences. I mean, I love Texas. I go like this, the people of Dallas, the culture of Austin. And I love any time I get there. If you're a beach person, well, you can go have fun in the sun with Texas 350 miles of coastline. If you're a rugged vacation type, there's campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, golf is nuts there, foodies. You got your Texas barbecue and live music in Austin. And of course, if you're into the cowboy scene, you can certainly find it there. And now Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom trip matched to their own unique interests. So visit traveltexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's traveltexas.com slash get your own. Hey listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card with 24-7 U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call one 800 discover To get the service you deserve, limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy. Thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. How did you meet Mr. Edward Van Halen?
1: I used to live in Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, Well, my parents lived – let me be clear. My parents lived in Shreveport, Louisiana, and um, I would go there a lot. And in August of 1980, you may remember this, there was an actor's strike.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, I remember well. So,
1: there's nothing for me to do. And I was roofing houses with my brother, Drew, and then um, my other brother said, there's this rock band coming through town. We really want to see him. And the radio station said, if you come, we can get backstage passes. I'm like, okay. And then I – my brother said, uh, go look at the 8-track I have in the back of your car.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure, 8 track. <laughs> and see yeah, what he looks yeah. And
1: I saw what he looked I'm like, okay, I'll go. This guy's cute. Mm-hmm. So I went, and, you know, there we go. It was love at first sight, for sure.
0: So it wasn't L.A. It wasn't show business related. It was Mm-mm. literally backstage way off the beaten path.
1: <laughs> yeah, backstage right? at a Van Halen concert. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But, and that was it. You guys were off to the races and the rest is history.
1: We pretty, Well, I gave him my phone number um, and he said he was going to call. And I gave him the number of my parents because I was staying with my parents in Shreveport. And I gave him that number because there was no cell phones back then in 1980. And mm-hmm. um, he didn't call for three days. And I thought, well, that sucks. I really like this guy. I wonder why he's not calling. And then he finally called on the third day, right before, when they were going to Oklahoma and um he said, "I'm sorry I didn't call sooner. I was just I was so scared. I didn't think you really wanted me to call you. I'm like, I gave you my number. Of course, I wanted you to call me so and then Aww. then from then on, we were together until we got married eight months later.
0: Wow. now, what was it like being accepted into the world of Van Halen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a spit take. You just took a, yeah. drip of, a sip of water. I almost spilled all over my computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, well, after Ed and I became involved, all of a sudden there was this rule that there was no girlfriends and no wives allowed on the road. Isn't like, well, that what?
0: convenient?
1: <laughs> all of a sudden. Um, yeah, I um, I got along great with Al and with Mike. Is um, someone else, I, I don't know why, didn't like me, but what are you going to do? <laughs> who
0: would that be? See, Alan, Mike, <laughs> who are we missing? In, I don't know. Eleanor?
1: I don't know why he didn't like me. I mean, I was always nice to him. I, I honestly don't know. One day, I'd like to sit down with him and go, dude, what did I do? Honestly, i always been a fan of yours. I think you're a brilliant front man. I think you're a brilliant songwriter. I love your lyrics. Why don't you like me? What did I do?
0: Did he think you were going to be Yoko Ono? Of Van well, Halen? I have been
1: accused of that, even though Yoko didn't break up the Beatles, and I certainly didn't break up Van Halen.
0: Not only did Yoko not break up the Beatles, but when you watch the Beatles documentary, which I'm obsessed with as long mm-hmm. as, as much as everybody else is, it's so clear she didn't break them up.
1: Oh, yeah. They were headed toward that. They, that last, let it be, that was... You could see it all happening. You could see all the cracks in it. You could see it all And they were happening. so young. They were all in their late 20s. They were such babies.
0: Somehow, I don't think Van Halen was being brought toast when they were in the studio, like the Beatles were. I mean, I may be wrong. I could be wrong. But I think in the 80s, it wasn't toast that was being delivered.
1: Uh, you know, it was not. I saw the deliveries, and that was, it, that was not on the list. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Three, four days later, it might have been. But uh,
1: no, they weren't interested in eating. That's for sure. <laughs> they, <laughs> well, I am a prude now, but I partaked as well for a, a few years there until I just couldn't take it anymore.
0: But we I, all I, did it in the in the, you know in the eighties.
1: Cocaine was everywhere. It
0: everywhere was everywhere
1: and easy to get.
0: It was easy to get, and it was literally it was before the the the, the bill had become due. And we just didn't know. In fact, not only that, but in fact, there was an, it, it's almost hard to imagine now, but rewinding all of those years and, and, and taking away all the knowledge that we now have. I
1: think this is 40 years ago, people. This is 40 years ago.
0: People were saying it was good for you, helped you think. And, it, and the other thing was, it was what quote unquote successful people did in mm-hmm. our industry. Mm-hmm. It was all the people you admired. I mean, you're Eddie Van Halen. What do you think Keith Richards was doing? Right. If I'm, you know, a young actor, I don't want to name a name, but uh, multiple names. I know what those actors were doing. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, well, if it's good enough for so-and-so, it's good enough for me. Right. Right?
1: Yeah. But I got tired after a while of um, hating the birds chirping because I got to a point where when I would hear birds chirping, I would just get so tense. And it took me. Years before I enjoyed a sunrise and enjoyed the birds chirping, now it's like it's why I look forward to it. But
0: why is it that's so funny? Because y- you have to be one of us who did it to <gasps> to know how horrifying
1: that visceral feeling, the yeah.
0: birds chirping, yeah, horrifying.
1: Yeah, it's like God, I was going to stop three bumps ago and I didn't, and here I am, and the birds are chirping. God damn it! Why did I do this? Yeah,
0: man. Those were the days. God, that sounds fun. Not,
1: <laughs> uh, not, not. Yeah.
0: But you know, it's like we're we're you know we're we're lucky that we got off the ride, you know, because a lot a lot of people follow it all the way down, and I and I never know what's, well, I, well, I, that's not true. I do know. I think it's better to, to like crash and burn than to have it never, than to mm. be incrementally boiled alive by it, like a frog you know, the sort of the frog that you keep turning the temperature up in the water, mm-hmm. it will let itself get boiled alive because yeah. it doesn't, you know, and, and that's why I think what happens to a lot of people who can quote unquote recreationally dabble and do their thing and they, they never really have, the piper never gets gets paid and so they keep doing it and then they're, you know, they're 60, 60 plus, 70 and wondering why their lives are horrible.
1: Well, I think um, we all have a toolbox that we go to when we need to suppress any kind of emotion that we don't want to feel any kind of pain that we don't want to feel and i know that ed's toolbox was full of drugs and alcohol my toolbox was full of food which i thought Mm. was love and i misused it and and thought it was the enemy for a long time and with ed it was drugs and alcohol and it, it took a very very long time for him to just not use it to deal with his pain Um, near the end of his life, his pain was incredibly raw and he was very vulnerable about it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that he was able to make amends with so many people that he loved and knew that he didn't, um, treat as well as he would have liked to because his heart, oh my God, that man's heart was just so kind and so sweet and he just wanted to do good. And then that demon would come in that, you know, that that wouldn't let him just be Ed, He, um, it was, it was hard to watch and I have sitting back now and I have, um, length to be able to look and see what I could have done differently. So many things I could have done, but I was too immature and I was too into my own world to know how to help. I was a kid. We were 20 when I got married. That's insane. Insane. So it's
0: insane. My kids are older than that.
1: Really? Yeah. I mean, Wolfie's 30. He's going to be 31 in a couple months. Jesus,
0: I can't believe that. I can't believe Wolfie's 30. I feel like I'm just reading the People magazine announcement of his birth. (laughs) Do you know what I mean?
1: Yes. I feel like, yeah, I still feel like he's a little, you know, baby boy, but he's definitely not. Definitely not. He is his own man. He's got his own career. I'm so happy for him. He's got a Grammy nomination. I mean, I'm just like, what? I wish Ed was here so he could just be enjoying it too.
0: And Wolfie started out as a drummer, but he's playing everything now, right? Am I, am I right yeah, about that? you're
1: absolutely right. Yeah, he he started playing drums when he was very young, like 8, 9, 10. And then um, he's always been fascinated by music and musical instruments. And it, that the house was, you know, there was guitars everywhere leaning against walls, leaning against sofas and chairs. And there was a piano in the library. And he, Wolfie was always fascinated by it and always just plinking on the guitars, even as a very young baby, before he could walk. And um, he... Became, you know, the bass player of Van Halen when he was 16. That's just insane. Um, And he's just, he's just got a lot of years under his belt of really perfecting his art. And he's still constantly doing it. He's very much like his dad, where his fingers are always moving. He's always got a, a melody in his head and his, you know, he's always drumming on something. So we went from drum to bass. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Drum to guitar because he wanted to play 316 at his sixth grade graduation. And then <laughs> okay. his dad asked him to learn how to play the bass. He's like, okay, he did that. And then he started p- learning how to play the piano when he wanted to put some piano um, things on his album, some like, bits of piano. So he wrote everything. He played everything. He sang everything. It's all him. I'm I'm so proud of him.
0: You can't fight the genetics at a certain point. You know what I mean? It's like. It's true. I wanted to,
1: to. I didn't want him to be a musician. I didn't want him to be in the business. The business is so hard on people, but you know, when you have that gift, what are you going to do?
0: I have with my youngest son, you know, who, who you like, and he went to Stanford because he was in, he was working as a young intern in high school at the Eli Broad stem cell laboratory, goes to Stanford, gets, gets straight A's and comes out and says, I want to be an actor. (laughs) Look at your reaction. I had the same reaction. (laughs) I wanted wanted to murder myself and him. (laughs) What are you going to do? What
1: are you going to do? I mean, when art is so important in someone's life, creating is so important. It, it's what keeps our brain alive, creating. And what are you going to do? You know, you got to let them. You got to let them.
0: Because, listen, I, the problem with you and I in that, in that equation we're discussing is we have the knowledge and I didn't have any of that knowledge when I started out, or maybe I wouldn't have been an actor. Nobody nobody told me that 98% of the Screen Actors Guild can't support themselves as actors. I didn't know. I didn't know any better. But and it's got to be somebody. you had a gift.
1: You had a gift. You had to express that gift. You didn't have a choice. I know that I'm always saying, you know, we all have choices. We always have choices. But when you have a gift, the gift that you have for dramatic and comedic acting, I mean, dude, not a lot of people can do what you do. So when you no, have thanks. that gift, there's really not much you can do about it except explore it.
0: And it is true because the. And then when you're when you do get to explore it, you would you would the, the dirty little secret that I don't want anybody to know about is you do it for free.
1: Yeah. You yeah. Really would. But we still have to pay our bills, so it's nice to get yes. paid for it as well. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, but you know what I mean, and it's yes. like when I've you're, done when a you're lot for
1: free because it's just so much. It's so much fun. And
0: and, and that's I think the difference between, you know, uh, also. I'm not I'm not saying that people don't do that today and there aren't plenty of people who are getting into it for that reason. I'm sure there are and I know there are. But you know, there are also people who, who get into it because it will make them popular or they are interested in, you know, the the, the, the cover in a magazine or whatever it is. And I, I that never occurred to me, starting out, I, just, I, mean, I don't know if I was stupid or what, but I just, I no. just literally wanted the, I like the process. I liked playing the parts and reading the scripts and breaking them down. And-, and
1: that's why you're successful, beyond the talent, because that's what you enjoy. You enjoy the work, you enjoy the creation. When someone, and Ed was the exact same way. He said, I don't want to be a rock star. I, I just like making music. I mm. I can't not make music. This is Fascinating. He was more of an engineer. The way he would tinker in his back room and just put things together and change the guitar and change. He had something in his head he needed to hear on that guitar, and he tinkered with it and engineered it until he could find it. That's the same thing. You you are an artist, so you needed to tinker with it. The the magazine covers the the all that glory, whatever. That's like secondary and actually a pain to put up with. It's the art. It's the creation that is the fun part.
0: It's amazing about about Eddie is. Among the other things is like he is among the few people where if you hear his work, you go, oh, it's, Ed, it's Eddie Van Halen. So
1: obvious. He has such a particular sound to his, his guitar.
0: One of my favorite things about, uh, about doing the podcast is when I have music people on because I'm a music nerd and I just nerd the fuck out when I have. <laughs> I had Lindsay Buckingham on. Oh,
1: Lindsay Buckingham. Tell me.
0: Uh, right. <gasps> right.
1: Talk about a guitar sound. <laughs> I mean. Right. Oh, Yes.
0: And, that, yeah. and, and and totally underappreciated. Like, if you were to say guitar people, I don't even think Lindsay is on many people's list unless they really, really know. No, no. It'd be Eric Clapton and Eddie and Steve Fry and whatever. And yeah, what, it's
1: just song. See, songwriters are what do it for me. And Lindsay yeah. was a songwriter. And the tone of his guitar was absolutely spectacular.
0: Insane.
1: Yeah.
0: Insane. Like, I know when it... Um. But, like, being able to talk to folks about like, uh, that kind of stuff is, is just... It just, and, and he, you know, he like, but, but Eddie, there's no one. Did, do you remember when he recorded um the, the solo for Michael, for Michael Jackson?
1: I do. I remember. What was that like? Well, I, I remember I was actually. Is it on
0: Bad or which song is I forget?
1: Was it. It was bad, right? Oh my God.
0: Be- oh, it's, it's, it's beat it.
1: Beat it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So our phone rings up at the studio and, um, Ed picks it up and some guy goes, Hey, it's Quincy. And I want to talk to Eddie Van Halen. And Ed's like, fuck you. And he closes it because he doesn't believe him. It's amazing. And, so, and Quincy calls back and he finally convinces Ed that it's Quincy. And he says, I want you to play this solo over uh, one of Michael's new songs. He goes, oh, okay, I guess I'll come down. It was a studio not far from our house and, um, he went down. I guess a couple of days later. I don't know. Um, Ed never got paid for it. He wait, they did, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. talk about well, wait. talk about doing it for the art. Here's the yeah. perfect example. I I never in a million years thought there could be an example as amazing as what you're just what you just talked about.
1: Well, he never called lawyers. Never called a manager. He just he just went down and did it. You know, he didn't no contract negotiations before he went down. He just said, "Sure, I'll come down." That was it. Um, Michael sent us um, a laser disc player to, for as a thank you, bef- like when they first came out. I don't know what I ever did with it, but you know those movie players—they big like LPs.
0: Oh um, my god!
1: Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's
0: a big—it's the biggest album of all time, the biggest hit on the biggest album of, the mm-hmm. al- of all time, and the centerpiece of the song—that's the biggest hit of the biggest album—and Go and it got a laser disc.
1: Right. <laughs> And I remember, because they had just released, they were going to re- be releasing 1984, and Jump was a huge hit on that from, oh. um, from that was their number one hit. But the album was their, I think, one of their only albums to never go to number one, because Thriller was number one for so long. And I remember Al being so angry at Ed, they never should have done it. You kept them at number one, and we didn't get a chance to go. I mean, he didn't That's, say it that way, but, but you it's know. it's probably he was, right. Yeah. Yeah, but Ed's like, so what? It's good, you know. He didn't care. He just wanted to play.
0: What's your favorite Van Halen video?
1: Hmm. I'm. You know what? I'm going to have to say Jump because I love that impish grin that Ed gives to the camera. It's just so damn cute. And Panama's kind of fun and, too.
0: Well, Panama's my favorite. One of my oh, favorite is it? songs.
1: Yeah, Finish What You Started is a good video as well. The black and white one. That's with Sammy.
0: Another great song, but I, I hot for teacher. Come on.
1: Oh, my God! That's so good. yeah they they really that was all Dave and um, Dave's imagination. he really had a lot of, a lot to do with those videos. He was so brilliant at that. Like, Dave, why do you hate me? I'm, 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 I know. I'll i talk you yeah, up, dude i I'm, I'm still a, like I think you're an amazing you know artist, but
0: I can you tell you why. I think I, I think i a philosopher I think I, I might have cracked the code. You ready for it? Yeah, here's what I think it is. When you met, both of you had among the most amazing hair in show business. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just saying, could that be it?
1: That must be it. I can't think of any other reason because I'm a very nice person if you get to know me. I, I know, <laughs> Jesus.
0: If you're thinking about doing some home remodeling, check out Window World. Go to windowworld.com and check out their Windows Inspiration Guide. The guide is a dream book of page after page of beautiful windows. It's not just about how good they look. These beauties earned the good housekeeping seal and Energy Star certification. Go to windowworld.com to schedule your free consultation. Tell them you heard about it here on literally with me, Roblo, Lowe, Window World, America's exterior remodeler. Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and forget weekly shower cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future just spray today rinse tomorrow and voila enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing it's the secret to a hassle-free clean bathroom that many are discovering with over 33,000 5 five-star reviews wet and forget weekly shower cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass fixtures tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me-time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to effortless clean. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. blaze your own trail with Harry's get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash Rob that's harrys.com slash Rob for a $3 trial set tell me about the, the new book coming out I'm super psyched to read it
1: it's called enough already because I have been through uh, the mill and I'm talking about that my own brain has put myself through the mill. Um, It's basically about the last two years, but I go back into my history, my my parents, my childhood, about why I've developed this. (laughs) I finally realized that from a very young age, I learned that I was unlovable when I gained weight because I watched my Mm. father not love my mother when she would gain weight. I had a elementary school teacher, point at my belly and say, you're going to want to keep an eye on that. I was Jeez. 11 or 12 years old. I did, I wasn't even aware of my, but this is before I even got in the acting business, wasn't aware of my body. So that started me on this path of, I have to be careful. And granted, I already was in that mode of, I need to be careful. I need to make sure everybody likes me because- I was the one in the house to keep everybody calm because when I was born, my mom was still grieving and my dad was still grieving the death of their son that died when my mom was pregnant with me. So Mm -hmm. I was born into a house of grief and I needed to keep everybody happy. So I was like the perfect child, quote unquote. And so I always wanted to be the, per- well, if I'm supposed to lose weight, I'm supposed to be perfect. So no matter what my weight was, uh, it was never good enough. No matter how low the number was on the scale, it was never good enough. When it was high, well, that's it. I'm not going anywhere. I'm hiding under the cover. I will be an urban hermit because I am not worthy of people seeing me right now. So my uh, most of my life. And then I spent seven years as the spokesperson for Jenny Craig getting in, into a bikini, feeling like, oh, wow, for that split second, it felt great to be in the bikini, but. I never ever was comfortable or happy because I knew in the back of my brain, this is not gonna last because you need to take care of your mental health and your emotional health and your health and you're not doing it. And so that's what I'm doing now. I, it, I'm I'm such a slow learner, but I love learning. <laughs> I love being taught. And um, now what I'm hoping, what will happen is that I as I get my mental health together and my emotional health to get health together, And I, um, still continue to eat more fruits and vegetables, um, drink less alcohol, eat less sugar because I know I don't feel as good after that, basically putting into my body what I think will make me feel better. Um, maybe as I deal with the rest of the stuff, my body will follow. But right now I must love myself and be kind to myself and in who I am today, what I look like today, as hard as it may be for me, because I believe the lie that I'm not worthy of love when I'm fat. But I have to believe that I am worthy of love no matter what I look like. And I think that a lot of women across the country, around the world, believe that they're not worthy of love when they gain weight. And it's fucked up. It's wrong. And I'm the one to be able to shout it from the rooftops from now on. It's wrong.
0: I love that. And it's particularly hard you know I mean obviously for for people who jobs being on camera and stuff like that people are on on people all the time about their mm. weight and about what they look like and
1: I mean from such a young age back when I was in the first year of one at a time, I look back at some of the shows now or stills I'll see online or whatever I'm like, why did I think I was fat? What the fuck? Are you kidding me?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was made to believe I was fat. I was fine. I was a 15 year old girl coming into puberty, coming into being a woman. Of course, my tips are going to come out a little bit. Of course, my boobies are going to start to come out. But that's not fat. What the fuck? Excuse me. I'm getting, I'm still, I'm more pissed off now than I was
0: as a child. Well, because you couldn't be pissed off then. Yeah. So you're able to do it now.
1: I had to believe them.
0: Yeah. Sure. And
1: and I believe the lie that they were telling me.
0: Well, it's so funny when you get into recovery. Like before I got into recovery, The hardest thing for me to play in a role was anger. It was it was it was a thing that I it was a thing I couldn't access. I could, but it was super hard. You didn't want to. I I don't even. I I I just I didn't have it in me. I thought. Oh. And then I got sober, and then I started to do the work, (sighs) and the fucking rage, and anger. That comes up, you know, that you've been you've Is that been from the fear away. or the
1: grief that you were feeling? Because, you know, anger, as you know, because you yes. obviously have done the it's work. fear. It was fear. Do you yeah. know what you were afraid of?
0: I mean, it's kind of, you know, look, it's kind of all, at least the people, folks in recovery like us, it's our life's work to try to figure out what what that is. and it's does it
1: matter you i'm, know what, I'm, tell you what, I'm, I'm wondering because because and I'm
0: and in, it, in, okay it it, the day it does it doesn't really matter it's in it's interesting mm-hmm. but at the end of the day one if you've if you've figured out that it was fear at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter where it came from My, mine was the, the of not being heard
1: <sighs> and i just want people that are listening to this right now to go okay they may be saying, wait a minute, you're Rob Lowe, you're seen and you're heard all the time. No, 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 no. That's not what it is. It's about in your life as a human being, who you are not being seen and heard. Oh my God, yes. And that's so painful.
0: And it's way before I was ever in acting. Sure. I mean, this is you know, all that stuff, like the messages that you're unlovable if you gain weight, that's baked into you when you're five, six, seven, that's eight, a great way nine, to put ten. It baked
1: into you. Yeah, and and trying to get that out is really really challenging. It's like concrete in there, sitting in you, that belief I that is wrong. There's a lie.
0: I mean, we're. I mean, you're you're blessed that you. But that makes perfect sense to me that you're angry now.
1: Hmm. And shame is such a fucked up feeling. Yes. Oh, I hate shame. I hate it. Yeah.
0: I gave. There was a great. I I went to to my. I went to rehab in in ninety. That's where I got sober, and I loved it. I loved being there. I loved it because I was like. Okay, I'm really going to learn about myself. That was great. But they did a great phrase where they would, you would identify who had shamed you and then you would give them back their shame.
1: How how do you give someone back their shame? So
0: so like, for example, let's just say your mother did things that were shaming. You You would say, I forgive you. And I give you back your shame that you gave me. Oh, wow. And I f- I found that super powerful.
1: That is. And so I'm thinking, and I'm going through it right now because.
0: Like who should, like if you. Because I'm thinking you'll f- I
1: want to give my dad back this shame that he made me feel multiple times about my there you weight. Go. There you and go. all I th- keep thinking is like, but I don't want you to feel bad. I'm sorry, dad. <laughs> so I got to get, I got to get past that shit.
0: That's the people pleasing stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he's That's long gone. He's been dead since twenty sixteen. So, um and I know he was proud of me, but I also know that he uh he had he a tough know, life too. So he didn't know look, any they, better.
0: They don't know it look and, and look, I'm I, I love my, my kids. I feel like they're doing well and stuff, but I I'm sure we all fuck our kids up unwittingly. I don't care how good Without a parent a you are.
1: Without a doubt, Ed and I went to therapy for Wolfie just seven, eight years ago because he was going through a tough time, and we wanted him to be able to, you know, say something in a safe space. So the three of us went to therapy for about six months, and it was, I hope, helpful for Wolfie. He says it was.
0: I am. I I have um, advertisers on the show who who um, you know online therapy and things like that, and I'm such a and I'm glad that they support the show and that are they're sponsors of the show, and I I I I just recommend therapy to anybody it's to me it's like you go for to the sure. gym you have a tra- yeah. fucking trainer for your body why wouldn't yep. you have a trainer for your mental health
1: Ab- absolutely but i do i do also suggest that um if you're not comfortable with your therapist after a few sessions please find another one because there are really great ones out there and there's probably not so you know it it doesn't mean they're not great it just means you're not connecting
0: it's so interesting you would say that so how long let's say you're uncomfortable with therapy. You've never been to therapy.
1: Well, it's uncomfortable anyway. So it's uncomfortable to, that's anyway, why I to it a few sessions.
0: I was going to say you, and I, and it's just, you just know when you'll know. Cause I, I've, I had a therapist once that I gave, I mean, I gave a, I think a solid year and I was like, and then I was like, you know what? This is not for me. And then maybe you're lucky and you meet somebody in the first time. You're like, Oh yes. Yeah. This is great. But I think, yeah. you know, initially it's, it's normal for i think most people to feel like I don't know about this.
1: Right. And that's why I don't want people to give up on it if they're having yeah. a bad experience because it when you find somebody that clicks with you, oh, it's just it's so wonderful. You learn so much about yourself, things you need to learn and and things that you can do, actual tasks that you can give yourself to get to an, a, 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 another spot so you can get out of the spot you're in that you don't want to be in.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, I, I can't wait to to read your book. I mean, you're such a a great advocate, and 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 you know, you're uh, America's sweetheart. People, and I mean <laughs> the best. I, I, I mean, really, truly. I mean, who who doesn't love Valerie Bertinelli, David Lee Roth? <laughs> Other than David Lee Roth, it's the greatest. The greatest thing to come out of this podcast is that America loves you. There's only one person that doesn't, and his name is David Lee Roth. That's my favorite. Thing. I love you, Dave. <laughs> oh wow, she is she is America's sweetheart. I don't, I, I, she just is. I mean, so just I, I feel warm and fuzzy inside having had that that talk. And I am going to get after David Lee Roth. That's my mission. I'm I'm going to track him down. I'll get him on the podcast. I'm going to get David Lee Roth making a note to the producers right now to get David Lee Roth. And we are going to get to the bottom why he is the only human being how many people are in the world i'm gonna say there's seven billion people in the world there's one person doesn't love valerie bertinelli we know who it is we're gonna solve it anyway um and now let's let's have a little gander at the lowdown line hello you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me rob low three two three 570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hi,
2: Mr. Rob Lowe. My name is Christy. And first, I'd like to thank you for doing your podcast. I really enjoy listening to you, and I enjoy your guests, and it's such a fun podcast, so thank you. I have a Santa Barbara question for you. I'm actually hoping you can help me. I know that you live in Santa Barbara, and my son will be getting married there in March. They're just going to the courthouse, and with COVID, they can only have eight guests. My job is to find a restaurant that we can all go to after the ceremony, and I don't know of any really good restaurants in Santa Barbara. So while I know this is probably a really big long shot, I'm coming to you for suggestions. I also think it would be really fun to say that Rob Lowe recommended our restaurant. (laughs) Um, I hope you're able to help. I'd really appreciate it. But if you can't, that's okay. I completely understand. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
0: Um, nothing makes me happier than to be a concierge. Um, I, I, I love doing it. So um, before you go to the wedding, sort of, sort of down and dirty, greatest Mexican food you'll ever go to is La Super Rica on Milpas. You have to wait in line. It's it's super not fancy, and it's genius. But um, celebration dinner, you will go to Lucky's in Montecito. Lucky's in Montecito, it's steaks and pastas and salads and super simple food and super great. And it's kind of the place. Um, Anyway, congratulations to you, and uh, good luck on the marriage. Thanks. More good stuff to come next week on Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced and engineered by me, Rob Schulte. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Our researcher is Alyssa Grawl. Our talent bookers are Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. And music is by Devin Bryant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Literally. With Rob Lowe, this has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance TVs. They're certainly out here there, but when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. Sirius XM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle, music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little, little Steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6 to learn more. That is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires.